Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen welcomes Tennyson Wolf for part one of their two-part discussion on creating a safe haven and secure base within the Circle Way model. Part two will be released on September 29th. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. This is your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you from Shaddock, and I am looking forward to our interview today with Tennyson Wolf. Let me tell you a little bit about Tennyson. Um, His educational background includes a master's degree in organizational behavior and a bachelor's degree in psychology. He considers himself a facilitator, workshop leader, teacher, blogger, and a coach committed to improving the quality of collaboration and imagination needed in groups, teams, and organizations to help us be in times such as these with more consciousness, kindness, and learning. He has worked over 20 years using various forms of participatory leadership. And in particular today, we are gonna be talking to him about his work related to a process called the Circle Way. Uh, He also has worked um, in leadership and community development, and he identifies as a group process artist. And I can tell you from being in groups with Tennyson, he truly is an artist. He brings a level of connection and deep meaning to groups that he hosts in a way that I've not experienced before. He has hosted uh, processes at large conferences and diverse organizations, everything from hospitals to financial planning associations to universities to faith communities and more. And I encountered Tennyson in my own learning journey of the Circle Way. And as I've learned more and more about the Circle Way, the way it is used as a container, the way it creates safety for people. I have been constantly thinking in my mind of the overlap between attachment theory and the circle way method. And so since Tennyson is an expert in that area and I've experienced the beautiful processes he's been able to set up in groups, I invited him to be on the podcast. So um, he will be here with us in just a minute. Join the Knowledge Center for an experiential workshop designed to support successful engagement of parents in the child therapy process. Karen Doyle Buckwalter will be joining Daphna Lender for the other half of the equation, engaging parents in child therapy. This two-day workshop on September 24th and 25th will focus on how to identify parents who need more focused work, how to set goals for the parent, how to help parents initiate repair, and more areas to help the child, parent, and therapist get the most out of the therapy session. Registration is open now. For more information, or to register for the workshop, head to tkcchaddock.org. Well, welcome, Tennyson. I already did a bit of an introduction about your background and your work before we started, but thank you for being here on the Attachment Theory in Action podcast today. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. So 
I want to share with listeners that you have been a teacher to me. Um, I've been in your online course um, and more recently, several days of training in the Circle Way Method in Ohio and have really, during that period of time, just been thinking about, as I always am, the overlap with attachment theory and what I'm experiencing. So I thought maybe since a lot of our listeners may not be familiar with the Circle Way, if you could just share a little bit about what this even is. Mm, Thank you for that. I'm glad that you're continuing to make connections, by the way, (laughs) which is maybe the point of it all, right? Yes, yes. I will, um, I'll say it up up, up, up at the front here that I've got a lingering cough and just apologize for uh, some of those coughing sounds. They're just part of who I am right now. Yes. A little background on Circle includes a few different layers. I think with Circle, one of the things that we're doing, sorry about that. Um, Often what I find myself saying, Karen, is that we're remembering something that is very old. So the idea of Circle as a new thing or a new tool or a new, you know, whiz-bang something something uh, doesn't feel accurate to me. I think we are reclaiming practice or perhaps reclaiming a consciousness that goes with a practice. But circle is very old, of course, and shows up in many traditions if you look through some history and a bit of that kind of view. Um, In a contemporary way, I feel like circle is invoked and used as a participative methodology. So the circle way is a naming, and there are a couple of people that are key teachers and mentors in that who you are aware of, uh, Christina Baldwin and Anne Linnea. They are authors of the book, The Circle Way. And they took it upon themselves. They, they felt moved and called in their practice and in their own awakeness to explore or hmm, uh, just to try to describe a little bit of what was, what's going on when we human beings meet in this most basic framework for being together. You can talk certainly about the simplicity of just moving the chairs, you know, there's a great line that Christina and Anne offer about if we can change the chairs, we can change the world Mm. or change the way that we arrange the chairs, you know? Yes. And uh, that to me speaks to some of the deeper purpose of things. Uh, There are methodological things to, I think, give real attention to. And behind all of that, this is a way the circle or the circle way and other circle traditions also, I think, are about creating a connection and creating a space for people to be in learning and creating a space for people to be in honest out loud reflecting with one another. Yes. Those are all things that feel uh, pretty helpful and pretty exciting. And for me, uh, that's become part of my practice and my work and my way of being in the world. Yes. Uh, I, I work, yes, as a teacher and consultant and facilitator and 
<coughs> excuse me, some of those things. And uh, behind all of that is a desire, a pretty natural inclination for me to try and and contribute to spaces where we can be good or better human beings with one another. And yes. circle is one of the things that supports that. Yes. So that's, that's a little bit of my connection and a little bit of background. Yes. I'm really glad to continue learning and offering with a bunch of good people. Yes, yes. Well, I'm thinking about, as you said, you know, this is not some newfangled thing that, you yeah. know, someone just threw together, but um, I'm looking here and I want to share with our listeners from the Circle Way Pocket Guide. Circle is a social structure that has helped people come together in collaborative dialogue and action since the beginning of time. Our ancestors came to the campfire to cook, to keep themselves warm and safe, to tell stories, and to establish rules of behavior and governance that supported community development. These are the same reasons people come to Circle today, to be social, to discover safe methods of dialogue, to share stories, build community, and hold meetings in a collaborative manner. Circle enables us to discover our collective wisdom. It helps us discover who we really are to each other as well as the resources we can offer to our conversations and tasks. And I just think that's so beautiful. And as I, as I think about, you know, these ideas of coming together to keep each other safe and warm and telling stories, you know, so much of attachment theory is about establishing safety and, finding meaning of your life narrative and making sense of it. Mm. Narrative really being another name for story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, looking at even when Bowlby talks about a safe haven and a secure base, I really think that you mm -hmm. establish that in circle. It's mm -hmm. a space for people to feel heard, to feel safe, to feel acknowledged. Talk a little bit, Tennyson, about how you do that, because I, I felt that in, in the circles that you have hosted, even online, but also in person. Yeah. How do you create a sense of safety in mm. the circle methodology? Yeah, thank you for that, Karen. I think one of the things that happens when we're in circle is we get the opportunity to both witness people and be witnessed. Mm. And there's something about that alone that I think is created to a feeling of safety or a feeling of belonging. I can play off of the word. I want to speak some ideas yes. <coughs> first and then pull it down a little bit into some do this or try this kind of stuff. Yes. Another part for me is that I think people, human beings, you know, this is the broad statement, they're hungry for belonging. Yes. And they're hungry for wholeness. And so whatever might be the reasons that there is a void for such things in contemporary society, I think many people from most walks of life seek these things. And they may not even know it out loud. You know, it's not necessarily an explicit thing that everyone has 
tattooed on their sleeves or on their forehead. But often I think when people get a taste of a little bit of belonging or a little bit of wholeness getting to show up more as who we are, there's something healthy about that. Mm -hmm. Now, those are at the desire layer. That's like, what does it mean to be a human being? Well, there's some of what seems to be involved with being a human being. (coughs) When I bring that down into what does that look like when people are sitting in a room? Yes. We've seen some of this. Yes. There's something deliberate about putting people into the shape that is a circle. We can all see each other, or there's no back of the room or front of the room. And even that alone seems to change the chemistry or the feeling or the energy of people in the room. Now, that scares the bejeebers out of some people also. Like, whoa, you know, there is no, in that kind of circle, there's no table to hide behind. (coughs) <coughs> or or two rows in front of you to hide right. behind. Right. You know, so there's a, there's a, here I am and here's my belly. Now that can be scary. So let's, let's, let's maybe just shift the focus of that for a minute. When people are invited to participate, I think something comes alive in them. And often through a simple little question, Like in the circle way process, often you will find the rhythm of first a welcome, some layer of welcome, and perhaps some layer of start point, a poem, an inspiration, a pause, a breath that just like helps settle people into their chair, settle people into that moment. And then a check-in process the invitation <coughs> the invitation for everyone to speak to share a little bit into the center and often that check-in question might be something as as <laughs> simple seemingly simple as why did you choose to come here tonight what is important for you in being here that's a subjective, those are subjective questions. There's no wrong answers. Right. And it's actually an invitation for people to start speaking some of their truth into the middle. Yes. That's a whole lot different than just sitting at the back of the room and, and you know, enduring the process. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when I, I think when people are invited to do that, it's like it animates a certain something in them that, that shows this is different. Oh, I need to be here or I need to pay attention. But it's done in a kind way and not done in a very heady way or welcoming people to, to show up with their hearts. Show up with your heads, yes, but show up with your hearts and show up with your belly also. Mm-hmm. And often, I think in the circle process, though it can be used for lots of things, including like we need to be in a decision-making process here and, you know, how to work some of the complexity of that. Often, the circles that I love are the ones that are inviting some layer of storytelling, some layer of who are you, some layer of how are you connected to this group, some layer of what is it that feels important to you here and why. And when people get that chance to speak, 
whew, you know, some, something different generates. I love it when the, the, <coughs> the response in circle or the, you know, the, the towards the end of the circle, when people start to say out loud what happened here, when they say, whoa, you know, this was, this was so much more than I thought was going to happen. And there's yeah. like, a, you know, a, an enthused part of them that shows up. Yes. I think the circle structure, that light, light structure that you were reading from and referencing is just a simple structure to help us turn to one another and be in connection with one another. Yes. So, you know, Tennyson, I've had a, and maybe it's because I'm a novice, but I sometimes have had a hard time explaining like, what is circle? What is the circle way? And when I try to explain, sometimes people say, oh, it's like mindfulness. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, um, there certainly are elements of you know, being fully present in the moment. But I, I just wonder if someone said that to you, oh, you know, it's kind of like mindfulness. How, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Well, you saw that as soon as you said that, I sort of chuckled. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it is like mindfulness and mindfulness might mean a lot of things to people. Yes. But the fact that the structure and the process holds us in perhaps some more attentiveness, both to ourselves and to each other, you know, the us of us, if you will. I, I think that that does add to a layer of mindfulness with one another. Um, I think, Karen, you know, this is a thinking out loud. One of the differences in circle is that we are giving so much attention to sometimes a physical and sometimes a uh, what do you call it? A less explicit kind of center among us. You've been involved in circles where there is an actual center. It might be a vase of flowers and it might be a cloth or <clears throat> it might be photos of some of the things that are important to that group. There's a physical center there. And sometimes there's the less explicit or intangible center that's there. Whenever I'm sitting in circle, so often I'm trying to encourage myself and other people to put their words into the center, put their questions into the center. It's as if we are physically placing them, or sometimes I like to use this metaphor of we're creating a pot of stew or soup here. And our stories and our questions are just things that we are stirring into the middle here. And they're in the middle in a way that all of us, I think, can access or access in a different way, mm -hmm. or all of us can be fed by in a different way. We both contribute and receive. Now, that's different than, than a PowerPoint presentation. Yes. That is not to say, you know, there are times that is not to say that nobody should ever do PowerPoints. Sometimes that's what we need. Or different settings. But with circle, I think so often what we're trying to do is create this container in which we, through a bit of shared responsibility, we are like we're trying to deepen the deepen the learning field or deepen the connecting field, if you will, with one another. 
Mm-hmm. And circle is uh, you know, a few simple things to help that to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's, you know, like there's lots of things to pay attention to. You know that. And it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes when things are like massively loaded and conflict ridden and shadow filled and all of that, <clears throat> that takes some added attentiveness in those kinds of circles. And isn't it good that we have a format? Boy, we live in a, you know, we live in times where there is a lot of that going on. And circle, I'm glad, gives us a way to perhaps intelligently and with some kindness, pick up the most difficult things of our time. Instead Mm -hmm. of like, well, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. Wait a minute. Here's a format where we might at least begin to inquire with one another. What do we think is going on and what might be useful for us to do or be for that matter? (coughs) There was another thought, but I lost it. (laughs) That's okay. Well, you know, I also think with this idea of mindfulness, you know, um, I love the idea in circle that we may use a bell or a chime or something that is um, marking that we are moving into a different space Mm -hmm. in terms of our attention to each other and to what Mm -hmm. is happening. Um, and moving, uh, you know, uh, as it says, I'll, I'll share again from what, what, what of the, the cards, the official, um, we set, this sets it apart from, ca- um, casual social interaction. Social interaction is often faster and lives in the surface layers. Circle invokes a transition to slower paced depth a deliberate structure to hold beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. It's more than, well, I guess I'll start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more than participants leaving at staggered times. Mm-hmm. It invites deliberateness for the whole of you together mm-hmm. and invoking the archetype of circle. Mm-hmm. So what does that bring up for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of the things that it raises, Karen, is that there's a contrast to me in what happens so regularly as part of contemporary meeting culture. We show up around big tables or we show up behind tables. We show up with our phones in hand. We show up checking emails or texts that have come in. And all of those things might be important at some layer. Okay. We are we live in the times where most of us are multitaskers and most of us are called to do quite heroic things by what we attend to and in what time frames we are required to attend to them. All of that has created a particular, uh, a particular effort towards expediency and almost a, you know, like a noblizing making noble, the more you can do, the better you are. For, for any of us who, who work within those realms, yay for us. I think what the circle does, invites, is it invites some of, it invites interrupting that pattern as the only way to meet. Mm. So to be able to be, to be invited to show up where 
our wisdom and insight doesn't come through our speed or fast talking or quick brains, but instead comes from perhaps a little bit more emptying out or a little bit more relationship with silence or a little bit more patience to hear many voices in the room rather than just one or two, that changes who we are together. And though that may not seem like a whole lot, just interrupting those patterns of contemporary meeting structure or contemporary meeting yeah, structure, that's a, that's a big thing. Now, as, as you know or can imagine here, there's a premise behind that that says there's perhaps more, <coughs> more wisdom in the room as a collective than there is in any one of us as individuals. If that's the case, without taking away from the expertise of any individual, how is it that we are going to listen to one another? What light structure again might give us just enough to hear from more of these voices? That's a big deal. So I, th I think often we're interrupting patterns and these are some of the older ways that have been part of our cultures along the way where the community comes together and you listen and you try to make sense of things. And when something wholly new comes up that we don't even know what it's about, we better listen well to each other. I think the circle provides a way for us to listen well. Yes, because we've gotten away from that in many ways in United States culture. Mm -hmm. um, we're not necessarily, if you look across the world, identified as a real collective society here. Um, and so I think when you bring that into the room, it does feel very different. <laughs> well, let's go a little further with that also, because yes. though this is, you know, up for many layers of interpretation, yes, how the U.S. is seen right now, and it's not just the U.S., and it's not just North America, let's be clear, but here you and I are living in the United States. Yes. It's seen often, I think increasingly, as a very divisive culture or as a very fragmented culture. Mm -hmm. There are old, 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 old wounds that have really come up to the surface here that you see in the national political scope of things, uh, in some of the national rhetoric or dialogue that's going on. There is so much grandstanding happening and so much showmanship, show personship, if you will. There's so much arguing or deliberateness of like, like somehow this, this narrative of winning has taken over in a way that I think is detracting from wisdom with one another. I think we have alternatives that are more than let's have a town hall meeting where it seems it's seemingly democratic and we're just shouting or giving speeches. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's give everybody two minutes on the floor so that they can, they can propose their, their bias of what things are and almost impose their certainty. It, it's, it feels like, you know, we live in a communications culture where 
so much of it is marketing pitches. Mm. I think that we as human beings living in the times that we are facing things like climate change and uh, deforestation and uh, uh, all kinds of stuff around race equity and inclusion and diversity, we are needing formats that are so much more than those kind of showmanship things. We, we, we've got to be in ways that create more intimacy and more consciousness with one another. And yay, circle is one of the ways to get to that. Yes. That's a little uh, bit of a soapbox, like, but that's... Uh, that, that's like a, a balm to yeah. everybody's wounds right now. Thank you so much for that, Tennyson. Mm -hmm. Well, I am... Um, see, we're uh, at our halfway point, okay. and we'll be wrapping up the first part of this interview, and I'm so excited to continue the discussion. So listeners, please join us next week uh, as we continue the conversation with Tennyson Wolf on the Circle Way um, and how it opens spaces of safe haven, secure base, and people feeling seen and heard. So join us then. This concludes part one of the two-part conversation between Karen Doyle, Buck Walter, and Tennyson Wolf on creating a safe haven and secure base within the Circle Way model. Part two will be released on Tuesday, September 29th. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Please follow our site, tkcchattock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. Attachment Theory.